The SFU Faculty of Environment respectfully acknowledges that its three campuses are situated on the traditional unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, Katsi, Coquitlam, Kakite, Kwantlen, Semiamu, and Suwassen peoples. We are grateful to be living, working, and learning on these lands. Welcome to the Green Collar Podcast, a career podcast series with SFU's Faculty of Environment. My name is Marina Miller. I'm an SFU geography student currently working in the Dean's office. Each of these conversations is a peek into the career journey of our alumni. We sometimes think it will be a straight line, but that is rarely the case. Each step could take us down a different path and that is part of the fun. Today, I am joined by Hannah Bailey. Hannah graduated with a BA in archeology span in 2019 from the SFU Faculty of Environment. She's gained valuable field and lab experience, studied abroad and has worked in Japan doing tourism. She now works as a lab technician for caretakers of the land, a cultural and natural resource management company owned by the Sletjean people of the Suquetmic nation. They provide a complete range of environmental, archaeology, and forestry services for government, industry, and the private sector. I'm really excited to speak with you today. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you. <laughs> so first off, I want to ask, and I like to ask everyone, how you got drawn to archaeology. And I understand you started your degree in English in Kamloops. Yeah, so I started at TRU. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I kind of just took English. Uh, I figured if I get a teaching degree, then I can travel, and that was that seemed pretty good. Um, but as a second year science elective, I took a couple archaeology courses and got really excited about it. Cool. Did you have any previous, I don't know, hobby interest or things you liked to watch on TV or read when it came to archaeology? Or was it just sort of a new topic that you studied and you thought, oh my gosh, I want to do this? Um, not specifically archaeology necessarily, but I did watch a lot of Bones. <laughs> um, that, that's kind of what I suspected. I've heard that so, before. <laughs> yeah. So that got me excited about anthropology to begin with. So I was taking a lot of anthropology courses as electives um, while I was an English major. And then uh, when I took archaeology, I went, oh my gosh, this all clicks because uh, I just remember episodes of Bones where she could be like, oh, looking at this, I can tell this about this culture. And I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> so cool. I, I just rewatched like seven seasons of that show. Oh my God. Like, I need to rewatch. It's, it's so, so good. amazing. I can see how that could be inspiring to any young person. And I think it has influenced a lot of people. So that's cool. It's almost part of our anthropology is how we're influenced by media and like culture oh, and all these things. That's awesome. Okay. And I mean, what drew you to SFU in particular? Um, so everybody that I talked to about switching into archaeology told me to go to SFU because uh, they said that it was the best place in Canada for archaeology. And I figured, all right, might as well go there. Awesome. We're going to do this. So yeah, my prophet here, you and like a couple people that I knew working in archaeology in Kamloops were all saying go to SFU. So 
Yeah, good choice. I mean, I think recently they were ranked the the number one in Canada in yeah, archaeology. So. It's I didn't even know that, and I go to SFU, so it's really fantastic. <laughs> and I, yeah. of the courses I've taken, I kind of see why. Like, it's just the professors are super passionate about the research they do and about teaching the students. Yeah, yeah and it's a relatively small uh, like cohort too, so you kind of get to know everybody and your classes aren't too big. So you can actually talk to your professor and stuff, which is nice. Yeah. I've noticed that too. Cool. So a, on a bit of a different note, you've had some really awesome travel experiences. I was really curious about that uh, for both work and school, particularly you studied abroad in Finland. So I'm wondering what you learned about yourself from that and how did it influence your career path? at all um yeah so I learned that I definitely didn't want to be an English major <laughs> um I actually wasn't allowed to take any English courses while I was over there which was kind of interesting uh they only allowed Finnish students to take English courses um so it allowed me to just take kind of whatever I wanted which was nice um and then I also really caught the travel bug even more while I was over there so <laughs> and then um, with my career path I guess I took two museum studies courses while I was there um, and that was really interesting for me and we had quite a few guest speakers that were archaeologists and I got to go to a lot of museums around town for free because I was living in Helsinki um, and so yeah we did a lot of museum excursions with my museum studies courses and it was it was awesome. That sounds really cool. I, I didn't get the chance to study abroad due to the pandemic, but oh, no. I'm really like happy to hear about people's experiences tra traveling abroad because it's a daunting thing. And I think, especially for people who haven't lived away from home, I can imagine it's daunting. But once you're there, it sounds like you just have a lot of freedom to do things you're interested in or explore completely new things. And yeah, I'm glad that that was a good experience. And you did mention that you worked in Japan. I'd love to hear about that a little bit too. Yeah, so after I graduated, um, my parents have had taken on students from different countries for quite a few years. Um, and one of them that stayed with us when I was in high school was from Japan. We met through um, ski racing. Um, and so she came then to stay with my family. And uh, she said you should come skiing in Japan I can get you a job at um, the company that I work for and it's just a ski vacation company basically uh, catering to Australian tourists and um, yeah so I was like okay I'll go ski in Japan <laughs> sounds great unfortunately awesome. the winter wasn't the greatest but like it was still a pretty cool experience to go live over there for uh, four months and then wow. yeah all right, so now you are working for Caretakers of the Land, or UK for short, and it's an archaeology and environment company in Enderby, BC. Can you walk us through a typical week on the job and how COVID has impacted that at all? Yeah, so our, I don't know that we really have typical weeks. <laughs> um, so uh, when we're in the field, we're usually up really early. Um, and depending on what we're doing in the field, so if it's like excavation and shovel testing and that kind of thing, it's usually 10 hour days. Um, and it doesn't matter what weather, unless it's like completely unworkable. Um, 
usually it's lightning that gets us out of the field <laughs> but like rain unless it fully floods us out um we're still working uh and then if it's like a big project we're usually out on 10 day shifts um and then we get four days off in between um but sometimes we are doing monitoring or just like really quick projects or like a um for forestry we just basically go out and hike around the block that they want to do logging in and make sure that there's nothing in the way and so those days are different <laughs> again and then um in the office i'm either writing reports and site forms or working in the lab um cleaning and cataloging and sorting artifacts uh and prepping them to be sent to the royal bc museum and um lots of communication with various people involved. <laughs> that, yeah, the variety of that sounds really interesting. Do you sort of, have you found that you enjoy this sort of unpredictableness or the variety of work compared to a really routine work? Um, sometimes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess like it's really something to get used to. Hmm. Uh, I would hate to have gone into this thinking that, it wasn't an unpredictable job. Like, I think that maybe that's why some people get turned away after a while or they just like lose interest in it because um, it could be 5 p.m. and you get a text from your boss saying, hey, do you mind going to Sycamus tomorrow? <laughs> like, oh. So, um, I mean, you can say no, but uh, usually it's better to go outside in my experience. Right. Well, I'd rather good. be outside than stuck behind a computer so okay well yeah that sounds really interesting and I guess what is there a project that you're able to speak about that has been that has stood out to you or is there something you've done in this position that really excited you um so with this company because of the pandemic partly we haven't had super regular projects um we had one that we were working on last year in Enderby we got to do shovel testing we got to do um excavation and we had like a machine auger test out there too so we were doing monitoring and all kinds of stuff like that um I mean I'm pretty firmly in the archaeology part mm -hmm. of it um right. there's been like a couple times where we've been a little shorter on work where they've been like hey maybe <laughs> you could like help with fisheries or something. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've kind of been uh, taking over the lab. There wasn't really anybody in charge of the lab when I got here. And um, because I've had some lab experience and some like museum studies courses and I took uh, museum courses with Barb at SFU as well, I had a little bit more of an idea of uh, how things should run in here. So cleaned it up quite a bit and working on some <laughs> some new um, processes and uh, eventually we'll be integrating more community members and to help with um, cataloging and that kind of thing so that's really cool that you're able to do some kind of take responsibility over that workspace so soon after graduating that you have this responsibility I feel like a I lot mean, of people well maybe it just sounds more glamorous <laughs> I mean, no it is, it's but it's awesome but it was like uh it's one of those things so um it's a smaller company and this is not like 
the kind of experience that you can really expect straight after graduation. Mm. <laughs> um, so I, I did have um, two seasons previous to working with Uke uh, that I was working with another consulting company in the Lower Mainland. And so like that, first of all, helped, like I was working while I was in school. Um, mm-hmm. And then second of all, like, uh, yeah, they just didn't have anybody in charge of the lab and I had some experience. <laughs> so, don't want to like chat myself. I think that happens more often than we think though. Like us young workers, we sort of have to learn a lot on the job. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay to apply to positions that you don't take every single box for because you can learn pretty quickly. And that's something that we're very good at. I, I think students who are graduating soon might be trying to get this kind of critical first job or second job. And that can be really daunting. Do you have any advice on how to stand out from the pack when you're seeking your first job? Yeah, I mean, for archaeology specifically, uh, if you want to work in consulting, I was told by the first company that I worked for that my outdoor experience was really valuable. So I had um, lots on my resume from previous jobs and activities and just the fact that they knew, oh, this person likes to hike in their spare time or this person like has worked remotely or, you know, away from home um, in different conditions and that kind of thing was kind of a big deal. Um, to have because as my first supervisor said to me we can teach you how to hold a shovel (laughs) we can't teach you how to be comfortable outside (laughs) yeah and then another thing that's pretty big for archaeology is um, being open to moving for your work or traveling Mm -hmm. at least and then also uh it's like full-time and year-round work is really uncommon when you're starting so um like being on EI during the winter or like working other jobs is like pretty normal. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's um, good to know, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, I think, something that a lot of people don't know going into this either. That's great advice, I think, for the students who are kind of moving towards that. Um, and you mentioned that you, you being an outdoorsy person has sort of impacted how employers see you and, you know, maybe consider you more. And you said that you've worked at climbing gyms, ski mountains, fishing lodge, and coaching multiple sports. Um, I think you kind of already answered this, but has that put you ahead a lot? Do you think that has made you more fitting for archaeology? And is archaeology a very physically demanding field? Yeah, so being outside and stuff just uh, made me... I mean, want to be outside more probably for work. Um, that was another big reason why I wanted to switch uh, paths in in school. Um, it, it definitely also is physically demanding, hugely physically demanding in the field. Um, we're like fully physical laborers, like just yeah. literally shovel in the dirt. Doesn't matter how hard it is. Like we've worked on like compact farmers fields and stuff like that you just have to like get through the clay at the top and then hopefully it's sandier down lower okay but I just just asking because for the students that may be listening who may be just sitting in the classroom doing archaeology and may Mm -hmm. want to do that for a living it's good to know what the reality is and 
I mean, you do a hybrid of work in the office as well. And that's also important to have those analytical and cataloging skills, writing skills. Um, is there like a, an office skill that you think is most important for your job or a soft skill, I guess? I weirdly didn't know as much about Microsoft Word as I thought I did. Yeah. <laughs> so there's time. been a bunch of stuff for like writing reports where they're like, how come you're not doing a page break or a section break? I'm like, what right. is that? <laughs> um, yeah. So just knowing uh, sort of all the Microsoft, like Word, Excel, that kind of thing is like pretty, pretty good to know. Um, but yeah, office work is generally more of a winter thing too. So oh, yeah. sometimes you don't really see it until you're uh, a few years into the game. All right. So I have one more main question, okay. uh, sort of for the junior students who may be listening. Do you have any other advice for them? Just coming from an environmental professional, what would you say to the younger students listening in archaeology or environment? I forgot if it was co-op or just other work that you did to get experience while you were in school. What, what would uh, you no, I just applied. Um, okay. Yeah, just go on, like for archaeologists, uh, the British Columbia Association of Professional Archaeology, I think, is BCAPA. They have a website and they always have job postings on there. Hmm. And they have postings for junior archaeologists. Um, a lot of big companies will always post for junior archaeologists. <laughs> Sounds a little harsh, but like, don't get into this field if you don't truly love it, because um, it'll it'll beat you down. <laughs> yeah, there's like, honest, there's a yeah. lot of hard stuff, and I mean, like, even just with the pandemic and working from home has been just kind of crazy and like obviously difficult for everybody. But like, mm -hmm. if you don't love that light at the end of the tunnel of being able to go play in the dirt again or whatever it is that you're doing with an environment like it's you're not gonna want to do it and you're gonna burn out quicker and just like there's no point in doing a job that you don't like yeah, it, yeah. honestly just throw your hat in the ring you never know what you're gonna get and then at least if you get it and you're still in school and you end up not liking it then you can still change directions. Yeah, exactly. That's why I brought it up because I think things like co-op or just working while you're in school mm -hmm. is important because you find what you like, but you also find what you don't like. And I mean, this is my third co-op job that what I'm doing right now. And it, they've every single job has taught me something about what I know I don't want to do and mm -hmm. what I do mm -hmm. want to do. And I think that's really a good thing to do, especially when you're studying a field that is quite difficult to work in sometimes for some people I've talked mm -hmm. to people on this podcast that work in really harsh conditions and minus 40 and they're out in the middle of nowhere and they love it and there's nothing else they'd rather yeah. do so that always I is mean, great to hear yeah like it'll be raining <laughs> and I'll be like singing at my screen or it'll be like cold in the morning I got my first field day last week on Monday and I, it was like minus one mm -hmm. and there was frost on the dirt that we needed to screen but I got to be outside and I literally ran over to the pile of dirt and started touching it and went look I get to touch the dirt <laughs> like, so it's um good sign. <laughs> yeah <laughs> clearly clearly I want to be here yeah well that's you, you painted a really good picture I think of what you do and 
I'm, it was really great to hear your story. And oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to thank you for taking some time out of your day to give back to SFU. I know you're going into your field season now, it sounds like, so maybe getting a bit busier. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.